Hello. Good evening, sir. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Good evening to you. Thank you. Thank you. You are now listening to The Crow Show for my audience. This is your host, Torch the Poet, and it is an honor to have this gentleman that I have recording with me. Um, I won't be a motor mouth because I'm known to do so. So, uh, Charles, if you would give a brief uh, description as to a little bit about your background before we uh, kind of dive in. Sure. Um, so, I am a father of three adults. Uh, my oldest just had a birthday. He's 23. I have a 22-year, 19-year-old. And I've been married for 23 years. Um, I am currently a um, clinical supervisor for a partial hospitalization program for preschool age children, uh, which basically means um, I'm a supervisor for a hospital, but our clients get to go home at the end of the day. They don't stay um, at our facility. And currently I am working on a documentary um, called The 20 Year Journey, which is about adult male survivors of childhood sexual abuse. And that's exactly the main reason why I have this gentleman on the line with us or recording with us. I keep thinking like I'm on a phone call. Um, but uh, Charles and I, I came together, um, which is a blessing. You know, God brought us together uh, because I share one of my experiences along with the fact of having uh, an interview with an awesome young lady who turned her childhood trauma, pardon me, um, into a form of empowerment and a, a voice and a blessing for others. Um, Charles approached me after hearing just a brief description of what I've been through, um, but then also along with my last episode, um, me and his brother really, in my opinion, have formed a, a bond. Um, <clears throat> and that's exactly why I wanted to have you on because I'm also blown by reading what I've read with your story, or pardon me, your trauma. Um, and it struck me because again, you never, I, I, I guess I never tend to think that I'll ever meet someone that has really experienced what you have experienced. And when I do, um, I'm, I'm like at a loss for words. So um, I have you on here because I think the biggest misconception um, is that men who have experienced childhood trauma, we somehow outgrow the horrible experiences from our childhood. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily the case. Um, what, what, what's your take on that, if you will? Yeah, man, that's, that's an excellent point, Carl. Um, so, you know, children don't have any special powers to outgrow trauma. Um, and that is, um, that's just fact. Nobody does. So um, if I could take a step back before discussing um, my take on trauma and, and, and sharing my story, I think mm -hmm. um, just to put thing, put the situation in perspective, right? Um, we can scientifically prove through MRIs that trauma rewires a child's brain. The normal, the normal functioning um, synapses of the brain is impaired through trauma. It's this fact. We believed uh. it was a theory for years. 
We believe that this is what happens to a child, but now we can prove it. So what happens is um, your brain is broken up into five parts. Uh, at some point, you know, your, your long-term memories, your hippocampus, um, the, the, the thymus um, kind of um, is kind of your sensory parts. Um, uh-huh. And the... <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> so um, to make things a simpler term, right? When we're born, when a child is born, the most active uh-huh. part of the brain is is the stem. Okay, and, and that's just reactive, yeah. right? So when a child's hungry, he's cry. When he's wet, he's cry. It's it's almost automatic. It, it, it controls your breathing. You don't even have to think about breathing. It's just a reflex, right? right. It, it just does it automatically. <laughs> so what happens when um, ch- children are traumatized, that part of their brain mm-hmm. becomes stimulated hyper stimulated and children react Mm. instead of being able to process information so because we're reacting the body is sending these signals and and flooding the body with um different chemicals and they react differently um a lot of children who have or what we would consider bad behavior or poor behavior is because they're, they're reacting to certain situations. People or you see a child, you'd be like, wow, the way he reacted was not equal to what happened, right? Because in the child right. eyes, right, you just didn't take my pencil, right? And that child eyes, right. it, he's living out his trauma. So he's reacting. He's not processing. He's not sitting there and thinking, mm. um, I do. This is happening to me. He just took my pencil. I'm just going to raise my hand and tell my teacher. That's not how he's processing the information. You know, the brain is saying danger, danger, danger. And mm-hmm. either, and when, when, when the body hears danger, 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 there's a few responses that's going to happen. Flight, fight, mm-hmm. or freeze. So those are the three responses that the child has, right? So he's going to fight, he's going to flight, or he's going to freeze. Um, so with that said, when we don't uh, process these traumas and we don't work um, through these issues, uh, we can always be, we, we, we stay reactive, right? Instead of being able to process, we, we stay emotional, you know, instead of being able to process the information and being able to kind of uh, think our way out of situations, we just always mm-hmm. resort to either violence or running away. Mm. And that puts things in perspective, even for myself, when I, when I hear you say that. Um, yeah, so. And I guess from a psychological standpoint, you never think about it that way either. No, you know? we don't. We don't. So we like to label kids as bad kids. Um, or troubled kids and we asked we don't ask the question what happened to that child we say what's wrong with that child mm-hmm. and that's the problem the problem mm-hmm. we, have to, we have to ask the question what happened nobody responds mm-hmm. this way automatically we're not born every behavior is taught every behavior is taught mm-hmm. so if a child is behaving a way that's not socially acceptable it's not the way we want them to behave in social settings why is it that they're behaving that way? That is the question. Hmm. And those boys that go um, on with that pain without healing become men 
who become reactive. Uh-huh. You know, there, there, uh-huh. there's a study, and oh man, I wish I would have. I have it somewhere in my in my laptop. Eighty um, percent uh-huh. of all men in prison have been traumatized. Eighty percent. Eighty percent. Damn. Yeah. And I mean, mm. there has to be some type of correlation there between trauma mm. and it that type to. of behavior. Has to be. You know? Damn, that's deep. 80%. 80%. 80%. This oh, man, it was done by Harvard, but I can't. Um, I will. What I'll do is um, afterwards, I will look for it and send it to you. Just okay. the link. I don't know if you can yeah. post it on somewhere if somebody wants to look at that. Um, but my story in particular, my um, abuser was my father. Um, and it started about um, the age of five. My father was uh, a very abusive man. Um, he used to beat my, my clearest memories of my father is him beating on my mother. Um, and he used to beat her like she was a man. You know, my mom, I'm first generation in this country. My mom migrated over from Ecuador. Uh, my father was Puerto Rican. Um, they, my mom was in the country for about two years before she got married. Um, and uh, she felt like she had to get married because, um, I mean, it was the 60s and she was very sheltered in Ecuador. And she was still very young by our standards, you know, early 20s. But my grandma felt like, you know, she's already um, old enough to be married and she needed to be married. And this man came up and he was wooing her. He was going to church. Uh, and my mom was very religious. And it felt like the right thing to do. But everything changed after he got married. You know, his colors came out. You know, it was a show all the way up to the marriage. So my father was very abusive towards my mother. Um, and very early on, um, it started just as molestation. Like he would touch me and get me to touch him. Um, and I didn't have a problem with it because I didn't know better. I I thought that right. it's, you know, a father and son thing. And he made me feel special. You know, he, he would buy me things. Um, after that, he would, you know, he would say, you know, that I was his favorite. He would say things like that, which would make me feel like, you know, we had this special relationship. Um, but it started getting violent towards the end. Um, what happened was um, he had picked us up. We were, he had fight. I, I remember clearly him and my mom were fighting. Um, and um, we were over at my grandmother's house. He stopped by. They weren't ready to go. And he asked who wanted to go with him. And I'm the only one who said, yes, I have four, um, three siblings. Uh, I have a younger sister and an older brother and older sister. And I'm the only one who said yes, right? So I went with him. Uh, we went back home. We used to play in the basement. That's where the kids kind of played in the house. Right. And we had this closet in the basement. And he wanted me to come over to the basement, but I didn't want to play. I had a Batman toy that he got me. And I was playing with the Batman toy. And when I didn't come over, he yelled at me and I got scared because he never really yelled at me that way. Uh, that's kind of how he spoke to my mm-hmm. mom. Um, so I, I knew something was going to happen. So it got pretty rough at that point. Uh, there was um, some oral that he made me do for the first time. And uh, he penetrated me for the first time. And it, it was pretty brutal um, at the time. I think that, uh, you know, it was just the whole thing 
the I, I could feel the breathing, the dark. I felt like I was going to die. Um, and then he took me upstairs. He gave me a bath and real um, tender and real loving like and put it on me that it happened because it was my fault. I didn't listen. Uh, and then he kind of, you know, real like, do you want to have breakfast tomorrow? He said, he told me, and he spoke Spanish to me. I, Spanish was my first language. And he told me if I said anything, he would have to kill my mom and it would be my fault. Um, so I stayed quiet, right? I, I learned to stay quiet. I was, um, at that point, uh, I was never really fearful of my father, um, even though I saw him beat my mom because he didn't beat me. Um, but at that point, I knew that my father was somebody I had to fear. So it, it ended when my mom finally divorced him. Um, I didn't say anything. It was done. It was over. This happened. Uh, my mom divorced him. I was about five, almost six. So it happened for about a year, probably a little longer. Um, and I, I didn't realize how this affected me, right? So I was about 16 when I finally told my mom what had happened. But I never told her that he penetrated me <clears throat> or he made me do oral. I just told him that he touched me and... Excuse me, I had to take a drink. <laughs> um, and um, the reason I told her was I came home from school and I was in, I was having a lot of thoughts because of what happened to me. You know, I was thinking to myself, uh, I was questioning, was I gay? Um, I was asking myself, uh, what did I do to attract him to me? Uh, what did I do to deserve uh, this type of behavior? Um, I felt um, deeply at, the, at 16, I, I, I felt deeply betrayed, not just by him, but by my, my mom and by God at this point. So my mom was watching a, a, a Spanish talk show called Cristina um, in the 90s. It was a very popular show. And the, the kid on there was confessing to his mother that his uncle had molested him. So, So I told her, right? And, yeah. you know, it was difficult, but then she asked me to be quiet, right? She said that um, that she would take care of it. My father was alive at the time, and my, mo my mom said she was, you know, going to take care of it, and she didn't want my siblings knowing. Um, and she felt like she was protecting me by doing that. But by keeping me quiet, what happened was I learned to be quiet, right? My father told me to be quiet. My mother told me to be quiet. Mm -hmm. So when things happened to me, I stayed quiet. Um, I got into a lot of fights um, early on in elementary school and even through high school, I would get into fights. Um, even when it made no sense to fight, man, like six on one, 10 on one shit didn't matter right um, um, gangs leader of gangs it didn't matter right and I didn't realize my motivation was at the time you're not going to punk me right I couldn't let I, that, I didn't realize that feeling that I felt was my five year old self feeling unable to protect himself 
from my father. So every time somebody tried to punk me, you know, automatically I had a fight. It was just, I had to yeah. prove that that wasn't going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, through, through high school, I had outlets. I was a pretty good athlete. I wrestled. I played football. I was a pretty good athlete. Um, I enlisted in the Marine Corps. I was a pretty good Marine. Um, but when I was um, a family man slowing down, that's when it kind of hit me, the issues that we were having or that I was having with my wife. Um, I was never... I, I wore a different mask, right? Um, I was a different person to different people. And my wife noticed that, right? She was, that's not who you are. She would say, that's not who you are. I never met, I never understood what she meant. And um, it just continued for a while. And I would do things um, that I couldn't explain to you why I did them, right? I, I can't explain to you why I did them. I just did it because I felt like it. Um, and my wife got tired. My wife was like, um, yeah, this isn't working for me no more. And you have to go. And this is, I'm 35 at the time. I'm, it's about 10 years ago now. Um, and she was, um, you have to get help for what happened to you when you were five. And again, I did, see, even then, Carl, I did not see the connection. My wife saw the connection. I did not see the connection between my abuse when I was five years old and how I was behaving and the things I was doing at 35. You know, my inability to make um, true connecting relationships. Um, even with, like, listen, man, my wife is a definition of a ride or die. Let me tell you, true definition of a ride or die. And um, I kept her at arm length all these years I kept her at arm's length and I didn't do it strategically I didn't process it it wasn't like I sat down and came up with a plan for how to do this you know it was just I never truly started trusting people I always felt like somebody because if my father could do what he did to me if my father could do what he did to me the world's not the world's not a safe place so I went to therapy and for the first few months I thought I was wasting my time um, it's not that I set out to um, avoid difficult conversations or I wasn't trying to or I was avoiding her it just I didn't buy into it I didn't believe it um, I didn't think that I had an issue or that I had a problem and really it was me acknowledging and noticing my behaviors or my feelings during different questions and different discussions that I shouldn't have a reaction to, right? When I realized that maybe I had a problem. Um, So I have been on and off for therapy for about 10 years. Since I started going, I've been on and off. I haven't really stopped, Um, but I have, I do feel the benefits from it. Um, I feel largely like I have better, more impactful relationships. I feel like I trust myself um, complicitly. I feel like I have good judgment. Um, 
the relationship I have with my wife now is leaps and bounds better than what it was just a few years ago. Um, and that's not to say that we don't have our normal relationship issues, right? But mm-hmm. at this point, um, it's different. It's regular relationship issues, and it's not the drama that I'm or the weight that I'm bringing with me through my abuse. You know, um, which which is that makes sense. Yeah. So what, what would happen is she would be, we would be arguing, and she would be talking to my five year old self. And how does a five year old talk behave? When he's being yelled at, he yeah, balls up. He's definitely act yeah, up. acts up and ball yeah. up or whatever. Fight, flight, or freeze. Right. That that's yeah. that my reactions yeah. when my wife and I would get into um, um discussions. It was more of a freeze with her. With other people, it was fight. It was never run. I never Man, ran. I never ran. With her, I would freeze. With other people, I would fight. Right. And the reason that I didn't fight with her was because I did not want to be my father. I was always fearful that I would get angry, lose my temper, put my hands on her. Um, never happened, never did, never been so angry that I felt like I wanted to. Never, never, never. Um, and that's just, um, that's a false fear, right? We think that because it was done to us that we'll do it to somebody else. Um, but um, let me tell you where I'm at today in my recovery. Um, I still struggle. Right there's days I have good days and bad days. I have more good days now than bad days. Um, I am able to um, reach a point in my recovery where I'm no longer fearful to discuss what happened to me. Um, you know, originally, the thought of me telling people that I was sexually molested by a man or I was penetrated by a man was like I couldn't even fathom the thought of saying that out loud. You know, but now knowing who I am, being secure in who I am, and trying to do the work that I'm doing, I'm able to do that. You know, um, right? So, um, yeah, it's not that I am recovered 100 or I'm healed. It's a uh, recovery, the cycle, right? Some days I'm on the top of that that cycle. Some days I feel. Um, on the bottom part of that cycle but my time at the bottom part of the cycle is less right I'm, I don't sit there for days weeks and months anymore I give myself the permission to sit there if I have to you know uh, uh, during Father's Day I get a little melancholy right because um, yeah. I didn't have the father that I had that I, that I wanted that I deserved so I allow myself to feel that pain a little bit you know, um, it's probably the Saturday before Father's Day. I feel that way. And then on Father's Day, I enjoy being a father. Right. Yeah. Um, so this is what I mean by cycling. It, it, I think people feel like they're taking a step back when they're reliving things or when they feel they should be past a certain emotion. There's some things that happen in life that you don't get past. You just learn to live mm-hmm. with them. You know, you learn to live with it becomes part of who you are. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I know I spoke a lot, man. <laughs> well, no, here, here's the worst part of it all. I, I feel bad because I, I wanted to interject and tell you that I think your your Wi-Fi is messing up really bad. So oh, I can't no. even 
Yeah, <laughs> but I'm like, shit, I don't want to be rude and interject when this man is pouring his heart out. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like trying to trying to piece together what you said. And then it's like, rrr, rrr, rrr. it sounds like we're in a drive-thru. And I'm like, oh. like, I even came out to my, I came out to my living room and, and I'm like standing in front of the, the modem and I'm like, man, it's still going. Shit. So I'm like, I, 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 I couldn't find a, a, a way to, like, I didn't want to be rude and just be like, hey, man, you know, <laughs> unless you think like I'm on some BS. No, um, no, 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 I feel no, like no. a fool right now. Not at all, man. This is, no, I, so I, this is part of the, I feel like a pendejo right now. I really do. I feel like a pendejo right now because I can't even, I'm like, I really wanted to tell you like five minutes in, but I'm like, man, this man is pouring his heart out. Like, what am I, like, am I supposed to just, <laughs> scratch like <laughs> I swear to gosh man I, I like if I could get you in a, in a, a, a I, I hate to even ask you if we can re- redo this because it's like you have to retell us all again we could do it yeah but I do want someone to really feel this I, I want someone to because I, I was hearing bits and pieces and I'm like no <laughs> you know when you were saying some things and I'm just like I'm like on the cliff about to fall off and then all of a sudden it's like oh, I'm like what? What no, did he say? No. Okay, yeah, let's do yeah. it again, man. Um, let's run it back. <laughs> um Yeah, we hey, hey, we gotta run it back. Like 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 we're in the booth. You know right, right. We gotta run it back. <laughs> um so I'm hoping because I'm I'm like right now I'm in front of the uh in front of my um my Wi-Fi modem. So I'm hoping that this because I'm like all strong signal right now. So I'm hoping it doesn't act bananas. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run this right back. I apologize a thousand times that I, I didn't cut you off, but I, I don't believe in being rude like that. So that's all good, man. Um, you just I'm about to of... call you right back and okay, that's uh, fine. Let's do it again. Okay, cool. All right. My bad. No, no, that's all good. All right, well, all right. okay. All right.